Everybody. It's been quite some time, but uh, we are very, very happy to welcome you to our new season, mini season, sort of season. We'll, we'll see. Theme. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll season. We'll season. Um, <laughs> yes. Of Let Me Introduce You, a film and friends podcast where three dear. Amazing best friends from yeah. film school. Uh, we will watch various movies under a theme. We will introduce them to each other, where at least one of us has not seen the movie. And then we will talk about it. We'll talk about various other nonsense and uh, general merriment. So I am one of your hosts. My name is Katie, and I am joined by these two extremely attractive people. Uh, uh, yes, we have, we have Graham. Hi. Hi, Graham. And Ashley. Hey, y'all. Oh, my God. Ashley with this lustrous hair, too. It's because I like to shower on the days that we record. Oh, um, that's so... Well, and you haven't showered since we last recorded in May. <laughs> I know. It's been so long. <laughs> y'all, it, it has been quite a time since we've recorded. Since it was Ashley a trigger. It, it was like, oh, I, oh it, you know, it's the trigger. The, the podcast recording, it's time to shower. I'm yeah. proud like, of oh, you. I have to style my step. hair. Shit, I got to dye it. I got to get back the red zhuzh. Bob likes that musky smell of you, Ashley. Oh, God. <laughs> he is the hippie out of the two of us. I would like to, I was a hippie after college, and then... Ashley, you, know. you were not a hippie after college. I was a little bit... I had that it's because Prius. because you, know, you had a feather in your hair? No, I had a Prius. You make it hippie. <laughs> I was a little bit of a hippie. I was dating a guy who cared about the environment, so temporarily I cared. Okay, okay. I care now. Our house runs you on renewable energy, Okay. <laughs> Temporarily, I can't. Um, so before we get into today's theme and today's film, I thought we'd do a little quick mini update on on what we've been doing since May. Um, you know, it's there's there's been quite a lot of changes, lots of things happening. We've been all very, very busy. Uh, but yeah, just like quick rapid fire, like boom, boom, boom. What What's going on? What, what, Graham what have we and missed? Then me and then you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really haven't been doing that much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Okay, yes, I am planning a wedding with my Ooh, fiance. Yes, you are. Yeah. And that is happening later this year. And, yeah, for a while, y'all, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, all the stuff was booked, all the big stuff. And now I'm getting into nitty-gritty stuff, and I'm having, I literally am having nightmares where I think about, like, my vows, and I think about centerpieces. Like that. Oh my god! I woke up in the middle of the night, being like, "Ah, we don't have anything for the centerpieces." And Brandon's like, "It's December." Yeah, (laughs) I I like that. That is your your nightmare too. You're like, "Oh god, god, the centerpieces!" And it's bad when I'm like watching episodes of Bridezilla's, and I'm like, "I get it, I get it, I get it." This is why I canceled. Oh my god, I loved watching that show. So I'm I'm in the midst of doing that, and a kind of a crazy year upcoming of just travel and. And fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and the rest is of like Phoebe, my dog. She's amazing. She's great. And that's it. That's good. Good. Yeah. You were unfortunately the first of us to get COVID, which oh really my god, sucked. I got COVID. And oh, that's true. Oh, y'all, listeners, we we have been trying to see each other collectively <laughs> for several so long times over yes. like literally the entire pandemic. Yes, uh, which is still ongoing, and. Every time, once it was like of, safe-ish to once travel. Once it was safe-ish, exactly, and we've been thwarted every step of the way. You two yeah. have been able to see each other. Yes, but Katie I. Came to Minnesota. We were all traveling to Minnesota for Ashley's bachelorette party, and guess who got COVID the day before, and yeah. was stuck. But you included me anyway. We did. We uh, brought Flatgram around. Yes, I was so thrilled. But I did. I am bitter that I did not get to have those pies that I heard so much about. I am like legitimately thinking about mailing you some or sending you some if they would travel well. There was a big debate among which one was Betty or which one was better. Which one was Betty? (laughs) Which one was better, Betty's or the Rustic Inn? It was was a hot debate. I just liked all pie. Just, just more of it, please. It's just good. Mm. It was good. Yeah, I, it's been such a bummer though because I'm like, I don't want to jinx this next trip now because. Shh. Yes. Okay. Oh yes. I won't. Mm-hmm. I gotta buy that no, ticket. No, it'll be fine. 
Okay, fine. So oh my before God, we actually, get into buy that. it. I already bought mine. I know. I should because like it's more expensive for me. And, yeah. And you know how you're supposed to buy them like six weeks before. Um, oh. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. Colleen bought her ticket. She's coming too. <gasps> yes. Mm. Yep. Gak plus. Um, okay. So I. Uh, Wait. What so, about okay, my Ashley? Life? Yeah. yeah Ashley. I was gonna say, Ashley, go. <laughs> You've got the the biggest best dog. Hush. Let's see what has happened um, <laughs> since May. I got a new job. So I left the school district I had worked at for 14 years, and I went to the suburbs because there's a lot of shit that went down, and they're paying me better, and they treat me better. You seem so much happier. It is like I have gotten out of this very toxic, somewhat abusive relationship, and it's fucking lovely. And it Work relationship. Work yes. relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's, let's be specific. My You're very happily married. Yes. better than ever. Um, yeah, I am, like, happier and more relaxed than I have been at work in, like, honestly, like, 10 years. And it has just further radicalized me that we need to just astronomically increase funding for our schools. Like, I always knew that, and then now that I'm in, like, a rich suburban district, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that matters. Universal basic income, all kids get free lunch, like, all the things. Free breakfast. Let's fucking feed everybody. Let's house everybody. What a radical idea, Ashley. It's a radical idea. Um, We had planned on having a post-elopement pseudo-wedding celebration, and I spent all of July, like, recovering from work shit. And when I was like, okay, it's August, work started in a couple weeks, I should really plan. And then I got COVID. And I was like, you know what? I'm too fucking tired for this. So we have indefinitely postponed our celebration. Um, and I just, like, don't know if we're going to ever do it. Because <laughs> it's so you don't much have work. To. Yeah. Um, we did talk about just having, like, <coughs> mini. Oh, yeah. that's And that's how the dog feels about it. We did talk about having just, like, mini celebrations with people and just have, like, mini dinner parties. You can also do, like, an anniversary celebration. Yeah. Like... We, at some point, our house is going to turn 100. And so we were like, what if we just spend the next few years fixing up the house? And then we just have, like, a 100 years, X amount of days since we got married party. So Cute. we'll see. But I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Bob is great. We got a new, very expensive bed that is like fully adjustable and heats and cools and like that's what constitutes something big in my life these days otherwise i just hang out with my cat and my dog and i am about to start my final semester of second time graduate school i just have to get these vaccinations they've been telling me i have to send them the records that i got vaccinated as a child otherwise i apparently can't register for online school which is weird i'm like listen just it's one semester as somebody who works in higher ed get those get those vaccines Ashley you know what's funny is like I think we can't find my records from when I was a kid and like the state only started tracking it since like 1997 so it didn't have my records from the 80s so I think I have to go in and get an MMR booster and I was like that's fine I'll just do MMR I'll do my COVID booster at the same time it'll be great yeah, It'll just all the shots. I mean, yeah. I, I love Fill shots. Fill me up with the vaccines. Yeah, we are pro-vaccine on this show. If you're not, get the fuck out. Um, modern medicine. It's a marvel. So, speaking of modern marvels, Katie, what's been going on in your life? <laughs> Such a weird Absolute. segue. That was a very weird segue. <laughs> I know. Remember how but... I have bad um, segues and weird, horrible summaries? No, you did great. Uh, so, yes, I, I don't think I even talked about it really on the podcast at all. Um, but I have, I have created life. I, uh, I, I, I had a baby. Um, yay! yay! Our favorite! She's, she's pretty awesome. She's an amazing, amazing little baby. Uh, she gives all these smiles and, um, yeah, she's, she's a hoot. Um, it was a very traumatic, um, couple months for May. I, you know, it was, it was rather rough pregnancy. I was in the hospital a whole bunch, which is, uh, a few of the reasons that Graham and Ashley couldn't come visit one of those times, but, um, it's all been good. I've been on maternity leave. She was born in October. So, uh, I've been just, you know, it's a straight party since then, you know, I, but yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty much filled my life uh, since since then. 
So it's like kind of uh, a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she's a pretty, pretty fun baby. Uh, her name is Vanderlyle. And, um, so that that leads into what our theme's going to be, because I have, you know, we, we take a pretty chill approach to, to parenting in this house. And, uh, my most excited thing, not most excited thing, but one of the things I'm most excited about is what, movies and and media we're gonna gonna introduce her to like i bought her all these books and stuff from like when i was a kid and when my littlest brother was a kid and um you know i've been reading those to her and so i'm always looking for what new movies we can we can have our newest member of uh let me introduce you be introduced to so uh we're starting the new theme um movies for vanna and uh we each have chosen a movie that uh, one of us has not seen. I don't think you got either of you guys had seen today's movie. I had. no. I was <clears throat> okay. surprised and also not surprised that I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's so we're we're talking about uh, 1997's Mouse Hunt today, uh, which in my house was was on constantly. Um, now, granted. It, it came out, you know, it was it was in theaters in 1997, but uh, it, it probably hit our household in, like, early 98. My littlest brother, Edward, was born in 1995, so, uh, and I, we would have been in, like, seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade for this movie. Um, so, you know, not, not a huge surprise that, like, maybe a lot of people our age didn't watch it. It came out a little bit, maybe some of us were too old for it, I don't know. But um, my little brother watched it so much and he was maybe like three years old at this point he would quote entire lines from the movie like um there's a fight between between the two main characters at the end of the movie um and he would be able to to say that like start to finish the whole thing um gouda became a really big part of our household olives like all all that stuff from the movie uh was in our was in our house all the time it's it's like a it's like a core memory for us so i wanted to introduce you both to it um and i believe graham uh if if you maybe you want to give us a summary yeah well should i do it's it's stats first yeah yeah box office and summary yeah the stats so this film opened it was a Christmas, near a Christmas release in 1997, opened December 19th. The same weekend, uh, it opened softly with $6.1 million that weekend. Pretty soft, right? Yeah. Because it yeah. was up against two rather uh, large films. One you wanted was... to use the word. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to. Katie, don't ruin it for me. Um, <laughs> I honestly is... have no idea what you're referencing. <laughs> one is Tomorrow Never Dies. That was okay. uh, the second Pierce Brosnan 007 and yep. another little, a little film, a little film teeny called Titanic uh, oh. opened that weekend and so uh, you know and also Scream 2 was in its second week of release around this time mm. uh, so not that they were the same audiences but you know a little a little family film coming out um, but it ended up having pretty good legs it, it ended up grossing 62 million dollars Wow. In the U.S., with a, d- a total worldwide gross of 125 million, and the budget was 38. Ooh! So uh, d- it was a, a solid hit, and I think especially when it moved to video, it did it did quite well. So yeah, I, I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I saw Titanic in the theater seven times because you were what? An, you were. Uh, well, first of all, we we were the age where we were seeing Titanic. I mean, yes, we were in eighth grade. I saw it maybe twice. That movie was like four hours long, right? I saw it once in theater. I haven't seen it since opening week 1997. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't like seeing people die. You've only seen it once, and that's it. That's it. Oh, wow. It's good for a rewatch. I mean, I watched it because it was four hours, right? And, like, if it was on VHS, you had to, or whatever, you had to get, like, the the two VHSs. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, like, renting it. Katie, seven Times? Well, because I, I, I would go with like That's my mom, and life. then I went with my dad. Yeah, and she I saw them all the same day. She kept going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just a revolving door. I'm like, I'm it next. was a 24-hour theater in '97. <laughs> well, no, because like everybody, like you know, all your all your people want to see it. So yeah, I would go with different groups of friends, or like one side of my family, or another side of my family, or we guys. Katie again. had friends in middle school. She ah, had lots of friends. I had a couple. I did two. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> you 
you so no, defensive? I'm, I'm just, I'm... Oh. <laughs> Did you add I'm just kidding. Not me. Um, but anyway, Greg, go. Synopsize us. Yeah. Synopsize us. So uh, I'm going to do my best. I'm gonna, Are you winging I'm gonna, it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an Ashley. You're right? going to Ashley if you're, if you're new to our show, that means I'm winging it. Because Ashley doesn't like to prepare summaries, so I do a lot of preparing in my life. So yeah, and this is just I'm 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 looking at the Wikipedia right now. Do it. All right, so Nathan Lane and Lee Evans play the Smuntz brothers, and at the beginning of the film, their father has has died, and they he has left a number of things to them, um, and one of them is. Um, his company, which sells strings, string, like, you know, strings. Smunts right? strings. Smunts strings, and a home, a big house that the, the brothers don't really know why they have it, but they're like, whatever, we have this house. They don't really get along. Lars is the younger brother, and he's more optimistic, and he wants to keep the factory going. And um, Ernie, Nathan Lane, is a chef who couldn't be bothered. He doesn't really want to do anything with that. He's very focused on his very high-end restaurant. Unfortunately, the restaurant closes because he acts, um, the mayor comes and chokes on a roach in his food and dies, and they, they close it down. So he's, like, left. They're left pretty destitute because, um, you know, they just, they just don't have the money they think they would have had after their father died. So... They have this giant house that they want to get rid of. And then as they're discovering, as they're, like, exploring the house, they come across some information that it's designed by a famous architect. And they find out that this house is actually quite valuable. And many people want to get their hands on it. So they decide, well, we're going to hold an auction to get the most money to get this house sold. So we could just, like, take it and be on our merry way. Unfortunately, they got a little tricky mouse that lives in the house, and they're like, "We've got to get rid of. We got to get rid of this mouse. Got to get rid of this mouse because we need to have this sell, and we don't. We can't let anything get in the way." And the mouse is like, "Excuse me, I've been here much longer than you two, sons of bitches." So they essentially, it's just what follows is lots of madcap hijinks. I'm trying to get rid of this cat. Get rid of this. Get rid of this mouse, including getting a cat called Catzilla, who goes up against the mouse. The mouse wins, and then Christopher Walken shows up as a very eccentric exterminator, a la John Goodman in Arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, um, that does not go well for him, and so they are just like, you know, at a loss. But anyway, upcoming, the auction does happen, and. Uh, they think they've got. They think they've taken care of the mouse, but the mouse shows up during the auction, and they go nuts trying to basically kill this mouse. And the house is, keeps getting the bids are going higher and higher and higher. Correct me if I'm wrong. Gets up, up to like twenty five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For someone to buy this house in an unnamed time period. In an unnamed so, time period. So we don't know like how how bananas into. it is. So anyway, like even if it's ninety seven dollars, like that's a lot. I mean, twenty five million is, is a lot of money for. Still well, for today dollars. <laughs> um, adjusted for inflation is probably like 58, uh, 48. Um, so right when they are about to sell, the house basically explodes because <laughs> they've tried to drown the mouse in the walls and it just like explodes the house. And so poor Lars and Ernie are just like, what are we supposed to do? Oh no, we're so upset. And they end up back at the factory and somehow the mouse has gotten some cheese into the contraptions that make string, and mm-hmm. they see an opportunity to have just a way to manufacture like string tree cheese balls. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yes. which I okay. would totally do. I mean, they look delicious. And then the the movie basically ends with Ernie, Lars, and the mouse all together making a business out of making cheese, and everything is working out for them. And they're they're all business partners, and Ernie is getting advice, asking the mouse for advice, and it's all it all ends happily. Perfect. It is just like silly and cute. Um, silly hijinks, hijinks yeah. all over the place. Hijinks, sorry, shenanigans. That was, that was wonderful, Graham. That was good. Okay, that was pretty good. For, for, for uh, yeah, no, we haven't had we haven't had practice in a while. I and haven't done this in a no while. No preparation. Yeah. We did, did yeah. Great. Well done. Thank you. 
Um, so, uh, like I said, Ashley and Graham, you guys had never seen this movie before. Um, Ashley, let's start with you. What What did you think of it? What were your impressions? You know what? I enjoyed it. Um, I did do a classic Ashley, and I got distracted by my phone. Um, no, Ashley! Y'all, I am a wor- It is a legitimate addiction. I am working with my fucking therapist, but... I rewatched it today while I was sewing, so still again slightly distracted. But I figured like two viewings equals like three quarters of a viewing. <laughs> um, I like. I both thought it was fun, and also I was having trouble suspending disbelief because I was like, "What? Why are they so upset about a mouse? Why don't they just leave the mouse? Why are they? Why are they shooting?" Why are they shooting the floors? They're destroying it, you know. But it also, like, something I read described it as Home Alone with a mouse. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, very accurate. So mm-hmm. it, it was for the hijinks. It was for the physical comedy. It was for the absurdity. I loved when it was, when they were shooting, like, up close on the mouse. Um, there's a scene where the mouse is, like, so cute and it's curling up to sleep oh, on its back so as if it's a human cute. with like cotton over it or something yeah. in a sardine tin it's really cute and then um lars is um using a hydraulic um hammer to put nails and put new like baseboards down and i was like yeah. oh this is shot like this looks very good and this is shot very well and I mean, it looked like it was shot with a real mouse throughout all of it, as opposed to like a CGI mouse. I was like, oh, shit, this is this is really good. So it was a fun little romp. There were some things where I was like, that is, is this a kid's movie? Because that is mature, <laughs> you know, yes. like when they're I mean, OK, the hair models. And then when they come oh in their head, are I was like obsessed schools. with them. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. But then when Lars like jumps down, like just takes his hand on like a dive down that one woman's dress to try to find the mouse i was like oh, this is oh, i like when when saucy. nathan lane sticks his hand down the other woman's shirt just to be like or no she no, puts, she like she grabs puts, it she puts her, her his hand in the shirt yeah i yeah. thought that and he's just I like i love those okay. belgian models yeah. they were so funny oh my god they were so <laughs> they had my favorite line in the movie Oh, so yeah. they're with, they like flirt with Nathan Lane, and Nathan Lane's like flirting back, and he ends up getting hit by a car on accident. And they yeah. take him to the hospital, and he's being wheeled to the emergency room. And the doctor goes, "Are you family?" And they turn to each other, and goes, "Yes, we're sisters." <laughs> like, no, you're not related to him. Like, <laughs> um, oh, that was a good one. Okay, so so Ashley, you, you give the the thumbs up. Yes, I liked it. It was enjoyable. Um, And you don't have to pay 100% attention to still enjoy it. Very true. Graham, what about you? I had a really good time with this. And I think in the first, like, pre-credit sequence, I was like, oh, obviously Katie watched this when she was, like, with her family when she was younger. Because it's dark at the beginning. (laughs) It is so dark. I was like, what is... It begins with a funeral and... The pallbearers are, and it's like raining, and the pallbearers are bringing the casket down the, the the steps, and they slip, and the 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 casket f- like basically hits something, and the body flies in the air, and it lands in a in like a manhole, and I'm like, yes, this is a kitty movie, um, <laughs> and I dark, like that like zany. Yeah. it was yes exactly actually it was like a, a z- zany dark film. I thought it was shot. I thought the colors of the movie were really mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And I, I, then I was like, oh, Gore Verbinski directed this. Who, That's correct. This was his, like, I think, first studio this film. feature film. Yep. Pictorial De- debut. Yeah. Debut. And, uh, I mean, he has, he has similar style throughout all of his films of that, like, greenish hue, greenish, dark bluish hues to a lot of mm-hmm. his shots. Um, and, yeah, it did seem, it seemed more adult, as, as you've mentioned, than other kid films and at the same because there were no actually there's there were two kids in the movie the little bratty yeah the daughters yeah. of the of the mayor it, it was all very like they were going through like adult things adult problems and i'm like huh interesting how this was a hit i like, i don't i'm surprised it did as well as it did um when it came out also love the, the um, Ernie Sabella showing up as the cat Yay! shelter owner, like Timon and Pumbaa yes. together again. 
And also, can we talk about the fact that Mario Cantone is in this as a tough, <laughs> I know. like, like mafia guy who tries to, to buy, like, you know who that is, Ashley, right? No. The, the, the guy from I Sex mean, I and know. the City. Um, oh. the, the, like the, the Italian the... gay guy in Sex and the City. It's Charlotte's best friend. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. yes. No, but I was like, fucking. oh, he's straight in this? Okay. I mean, he, you know. <laughs> Is he? Um, well, kind of. Um, but yeah, it was it was a riot. I I do think it, it, then it, the, the last scene went on a bit too long, I think, yeah. with the, the auction. I was like, okay, let's go. Like, enough. We're, we're good. It's but I do think um, there were a number of times where I was laughing out loud, um, especially with the scene, with the, the hot, t- the, the, the tub that, Ernie, oh my God. <laughs> the, jacuzzi. the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi that then flies it's out of the house item. and lands on top of a frozen lake, and I'm like, oh, it's obviously going to sink, and it did, and, but it was still very funny. <laughs> I and love like how the little cardboard lady, yeah, going down. <laughs> the last yeah. bit I love how Ernie was like, and they they even threw in the cardboard lady, like as if that was <laughs> yeah. an extra selling point. Like that's, I mean, it's luxury, but now that is next level luxury. Yeah. I also, I mean, the film is dedicated to William Hickey, who mm-hmm. played the, the the father at the very beginning, and he was this very, very interesting character actor in the 80s and 90s. Um, he was in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation yeah, he was. as the grandpa. He was in My Blue Heaven, which is, I think, a very underrated Rick Moran and Steve Martin film, and also an Oscar nominee for Pritzi's Honor. Um, but I just like him. I think he's a very, he's a very... He was never in a Tim Burton movie, but it feels like he should have been in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Like, if I think if, like, Vincent Price wasn't the dad in Edward Scissorhands, it should have been uh, William Hickey. Yeah. Um, it's, like, the same same vibe. Yeah. But oh, I'm so glad you guys yeah. liked it. Super fun. Yay! Oh, in. Okay. I just think it's so wild that, like, this was constantly playing. Yeah. Oh, my God. House. Like, remind I, us what the other things that were just on repeat. Like, your comfort film is what, Katie? <laughs> My comfort. I mean, I have so many. It's it's tough. Wait, but do the you one mean, from this podcast? This starts do you mean Halloween? H? Halloween three? We're I mean, not going. There is but that. I didn't watch that as a kid. This no. This one, and it's no, funny because Hellraiser I, was your oh, favorite movie. You told that's us. True. That's true. And then wasn't there? Wasn't like Tombstone on all the time? Oh God, as well? yeah, all the time. Tombstone, we, but that, Mouse Hunt. Mouse. It's so funny because like when you look at the films that like I, th- I think I talked to you guys too that like Scrooge was our family's Christmas movie like every yeah, family has the, well every family has like their Christmas movie and in when I look at them I'm like Scrooge is always the one that's like got kind of like the the most adult humor we watched like I guess a lot of like adult humor films when I was little like we watched a fish called Wanda all the time but you know I have to applaud your parents for being yeah. like we are not gonna be sucked into 24-7 Disney animated bullshit. Like, we are watching films. That's what I want to do, too. I, I'm like, I don't, yeah. like, I'm dreading the the next couple of years of uh, entertainment content because I'm like, I don't want to watch There, There stuff. is some stuff out there, I think, that is very good. Like, adults are enjoying watching. With I've, heard, I've heard. Shout out of to Bluey. Bluey. I've heard of Bluey. Katie, Bluey's actually really good. I've yeah. not watched it, but I'm sure I will. You, you probably will. Sometimes I've heard it on. <laughs> there's gonna be some there's gonna be some disney movie and it's gonna overtake your spotify and you're gonna be like my spotify wrapped is fucked now and you know it's funny when uh so i i put this on this morning i put mouse hunt up this morning um while vanna was taking a nap and then when she woke up i kind of hummed the theme song to her by you know by the great alan Silvestri, uh who has done numerously amazing things most notable of all of course is back to the future theme song but um i hummed the theme song to her and she loved it she was like giggling or not giggling but she was like smiling um but yeah we watched this there's a lot of time where i feel because i have a brother who is 10 years younger than i am i feel like i almost had like two different childhood experiences because i had you know my own which was like 80s stuff and then my brother which was like mid to late 90s stuff um but it's funny when you look at like Gore Verbinski, like one of his first big things was the uh, the Budweiser commercial with the frogs. That's right. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that was him. Yeah, yeah, and he did like a bunch of like bad religion videos too. But then then you you get to this, and then you combine that with uh, the writer who's uh, Adam Rifkin, who also wrote Small Soldiers. Did you guys see that? Oh yeah, that was great. <clears throat> yeah, and it seems so. like very very similar. Like Small Soldiers was kind of like 
I don't know. I found it annoying. I didn't want to watch it that much. But um, they both had uh, Stan Winston animatronics, uh, which was also in Mouse Hunt. This was when you look at it, it's like this is a very like movie that makes makes us in you know in my family because mm-hmm. there were Stan Winston animatronics, sixty different live action mice, uh, a little bit of um, CG. That scene with the mouse traps was actually for real. Like, yeah, they for they for real did that. Scene the with hundreds the mouse of mouse traps, eight hundred yeah. mouse traps. Yeah. That yeah. was a very funny scene. They're on I wires. Know. Yeah. But yeah, we just, we watch, we watch it all the time. And um, I don't know, it was my first in- introduction to Nathan Lane, too. I mean, I guess it was oh. like Lion nope. King, but this was my first introduction to, like, the person. You Which, did you see that when he, like, greeted the Sheik and he said Hakuna Matata? Yeah. yeah. I, what I find fascinating about this for Nathan Lane is so a year and a half earlier he had the Maslick's obsessed with the Birdcage um, the, the Mike Nichols film I love made, that movie made, you know a Excellent. huge huge $125 million success you know and he was an out actor yeah mm-hmm. this was the only thing he was offered was Mouse really mm-hmm. and it was like he's like okay well I'll take it after that huge success um, so I mean, granted, it was a hit, but I just think it's very interesting that that he couldn't get other things. Yeah, I mean, he went, he's a theater actor too. I think he did a funny thing happen on the way to the forum around this time too. But still, I think he's great in this. It's always, I mean, in, it's interesting seeing him play a straight guy. Yeah. Um, Lee Evans, though, where is he? Uh, I don't. I don't think he's great. I mean, he was in there something about Mary, and uh, I think what else was he in? Um, <laughs> Other, I mean, I just, I'm like, I was looking at his filmography. I'm like, you really haven't, in terms of film, done that much. I think he's, I think he's more a, of a theater person. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. is great. I saw him and, um, fuck, I can't remember who, <clears throat> in The Producers. And oh. they were, like, amazing. And, like, something, something happened that wasn't scripted in it. And they just, like, handled it so well and just, like, had the whole audience laughing about it. And then I saw the movie, The Producers, with him and Matthew Broderick. And I was like, oh, this did not oh, – somehow not the magic well. didn't translate. Yeah, that movie was, was not great. No. Are you talking about but Nathan he's... Lane or are you talking about, about Lee Evans? No, Lee Evans. Lee Evans wasn't in The Producers. Wasn't he? That's Nathan Lane. Oh, well, there goes my memory. Just fucking <laughs> everything up. Maybe Lee Evans was in the stage production. Probably. Maybe. I, don't know. I mean, All that I would make sense. But... Lee Evans he was. He was. I'm looking at he was in the producers on stage. He was Leo Bloom's character. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's yeah, it's funny like looking at his IMDb like he hasn't really been anything in anything. Um he was in a couple like TV stuff. Uh, he was in like an episode of Doctor Who from 2009, and that's the last credit he has. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I I liked him in this movie, but I always thought he was kind of like a little too over the top for me in in some of his how how he acted. But the other the other reason, which I think this is funny that I like this movie so much, is they felt it's very Laurel and Hardy to me. Mm. Um, especially so that scene, and uh, you know, obviously Nathan Lane would be the the Oliver Hardy, the because he thinks he's smarter and he thinks he knows everything better, <laughs> but he's just as much of a buffoon as as the other character. But the scene where he Nathan Lane is sitting on the park bench, uh, waiting to meet the the two guys to buy his thing, and he he is interacting with the Belgian hair models for the first time, mm-hmm. and he waves his his tie like this, you know, like <laughs> yeah. like in front of his chest. That is a classic Oliver Hardy thing. That's almost mm-hmm. like an homage for Oliver Hardy. So I like I like that a lot too. But I yeah, love I wonder... that you are a Laurel and Hardy. Like, I just love oh. that about you. Yeah, yeah. We, more, should, like... we did an episode where we talked we about did. Laurel and Hardy, our, one of our Christmas special episodes. Yes. In fact, so when uh, my dad had come to visit uh, Vienna a couple months ago, and um, one of the most classic um, Laurel and Hardy movies was uh, The Music Box was shot here, and there's a set of staircases. It's basically them just trying to push a giant... Uh, piano up a staircase and it keeps falling down the staircase. <laughs> it's it's very funny, it, but it won an Oscar. Um, it was shot in L.A., so I took my dad to where it was shot, and he like I he was so excited to see it. it it's it's just right over in Silver Lake too, so it's not that far. Um, 
And he could not believe that he's like, this is, this is it. This was here. This was not here. This mm-hmm. is thing. Um, he loved it, but I love that. No, we're not a Stooges house. We're at the Laurel and Hardy, Laurel and Hardy household. Um, <laughs> I also want to shout out Vicki Lewis in this as, as, um, Lee Evans wife. Oh my I, God! I, just, yes. I love her. I mean, you know, I was I always enjoy seeing her pop up in things because um, she was on news radio, right? I think. Yeah, that's what Bob said. He's like, yeah. hey, is that the lady from news radio?" I go, "Yeah, it is." So, yeah. shout out to her. I liked her character. <laughs> I wanted to. Okay, so uh, when the lawyer goes to their house looking for um, her husband, and she answers the door as a nurse. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, what was going on with that? There again, these adult things. Think? Like, was she? Having some fun inside with somebody? I'm going to say, was there someone else? Because she loved money. And I was like, I imagine that's what she was doing. There weren't, weren't like, two adult jokes that I was watching now that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't get that as a kid because I I guess I got it all. But You are um, a worldly 13-year-old. You were. Very, very worldly. Very worldly. I will say, I did feel bad. I know. I felt bad for the cat. He didn't deserve that. I did, I and also like the scene at the at the cat shelter. I was like, "Oh, those poor cats!" Yeah. <laughs> like, what is happening? In that place? A cute little white fluffy kitten. But the visual of like people in these hazmat suits picking up these cats as if the cats are like completely evil or something—it was just like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, we had a our, our family cat around this time also looked like Catzilla, so um, we were always like, "Oh, it's Chloe! It's our cat!" Aww. It was pretty cute. What did you guys think of Christopher Walken in this? Um, I mean, like, I enjoy Christopher Walken. It's funny because um, earlier in the day, we were watching The Dead Zone, which okay. stars Christopher Walken. Stephen King, Bob was like, Bob's on this thing, which I just, like, love and think is so cute of him, where he'll read a book and then later he'll watch the movie. Um, and so it was a very different Christopher Walken. I feel like this is... Christopher Walken and his Christopher Walken phase, right? Where it's just, I don't know. It, it's funny. In this movie, I was like, oh, this is Christopher Walken playing Christopher Walken playing a part. Whereas in The Dead Zone, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just he's playing something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you see with actors where you can't, sus- I mean, obviously I had trouble suspending disbelief in this movie, but there's just something about Christopher Walken. How many more times can I say Christopher Walken? No, because Walken? I was seeing like that that Weapon of Choice video was only a couple years after this because I feel like that was also peak like I am Christopher Walken. Watch me be mm-hmm. Christopher Walken phase. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, it was always he. You know, of course, him eating the mouse poop was always like super gross. <laughs> I know. I must have missed that part. I don't know. What? I just like I remember the where he's like mm, calcium deficiency. Was it right yeah. in that part? Yeah. 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 Is this the first Christopher Walken movie? It might yes. be. Huh, it really, I think it is. <laughs> He's going to be Man. in Dune Part 2. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. I never saw Dune. It took me a couple tries to, to watch it. But, just, you know, I like it now. I just had to good. pay attention. I, I fell asleep definitely the first three times I tried to watch it. It doesn't bode well for me. No, knowing me. No, you're not going to pay attention to it. Yeah. What I thought was really interesting about this film is I could not figure out what time period it was taking place. It was anywhere from like the 1940s to the 1990s. And I was reading in the IMDb trivia that when they flip the coin for the single bed when they first arrive at the house... It, the quarter is from 1972, which I think is like a nod to the time period that it's supposed to take place in. But like the clothing was way more 40s and 50s. And then Christopher Walken has his camera contraption and is talking about a plasma screen. And I was yeah. like, when when is this happening? But it kind of added to like a fun disorientation of it all. I totally agree. I like that also with uh, It Follows, that because you're never sure what, what time period that one takes place in either, because like, they don't really have phones, but they have like a little like digital reader, and then they, you have no idea what time period anything takes place is in. That like I, the, I like that. Is that the monster who kills you after you've had sex? Yeah. Yes. And that was spooky. I know. That I movie that was movie. so good. Mm-hmm. Not, I, not I, I've never had, had sex, introduce. so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. This is a yeah, virginal same. virgin. Yeah, Candy's a virgin as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ashley Evie is Jesus 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> me, I'm like, well. Okay, me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, talk about sex on Mouse Hunt Podcast. Hi, um, <laughs> Hi nibbles. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know if I have much more to talk about. I think it's a it. solid. I'm, I'm excited for when Vanna gets to watch it for the first time. I was talking to my, one of my other brothers, and I was asking if he had shown it to his son yet. His son is uh, three, or almost two and a half. Yeah, he'll be three in April. Um, and he's like, no, he hasn't watched any live action yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess there's going to be, like, a time where you, you only do animation, and then you'll have to, you know, because they need to, I guess, pay attention to live action. Hmm. I'll learn. I do think it is really important. I learned this with my brother and my brother's kids. If there are certain types of media, movie, TV shows, books, etc., that you want to introduce to your child, make that abundantly clear to all of your family and closest friends. So when they're babysitting, they don't introduce it to your child and like not realize how important it is because that is how my brother's kids watched Princess Bride. You've told so. us this story on the podcast before. Yeah, well, I'm just going to keep She's repeating it. She's still bitter it. about it. It's important. I'm still, <clears throat> it is very, like, if that is important in your life, or whatever your thing is, make sure that's clear to the people around you. Because there is something about that, that bonding experience, and that, you know, the, the way that you want to connect with, you know, whoever it may be. I feel super psyched that we got to introduce my... Uh, brother's oldest to Halloween three during the winter. Oh, break. what did they, what what did he think? By the way, um, or what they did they thought think? it I'm was? Sorry. Uh, they liked it. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Graham, they that's another. That's like, another. Check. All of you have terrible taste. I cannot. Uh, uh, but, no. no. Yeah, but they're you know you're, you're no no. I am not. Horror, I am not you know? going to to live in this world where people are trying to tell me that that's a good movie. Stop it. No. <laughs> I don't know if they said it was like. I can't remember the exact words, but, like, they enjoyed it. I think they had a good time just hanging out with all of us because it was me and Bob and my brother Josh and my brother Justin. And Justin, you know, just comes home, like, once a year. So it's so fun to do that. And, of course, like, I bought a shit ton of candy. I totally messed up our food order. and But there was a ton of candy and just, like, fun like that, you know. Okay, it's so it was, a, it was experience. the experience, not the quality of the film. I mean, I think the quality next, of the film. Bit yeah, next up, next up. A next step is has to be Pippi Longstocking. No. <laughs> you can do that with your nieces. But hey, they are on par of being no. ex- equally terrible. <laughs> I mean, are they? Are yes. They? <laughs> okay, Grease 2. Ashley. <gasps> you shut your mouth. <laughs> I wanted to get one for Katie. It's a hidden national treasure. I love it. Katie's the one who hates it. Yeah, no, we're never watching. Katie, one of my one of my favorite episodes of the podcast is our Grease Two episode because Katie hates it so much. Hate it. I hate that movie so much. I I did not think you were going to hate it that much, and I actually feel bad because I was not trying to subject you to something awful. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm never getting that time of my life back. I'd rather watch Titanic again than watch that. You like Titanic. I do like Titanic. Yeah, There's more hours it. in it. Um, okay, so uh, any any final thoughts on, on Mouse Hunt? Would you guys watch it again? Show it to your own nieces and nephews? Maybe sequences of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched it twice in 24 hours. but I guess <laughs> So technically. It was, it was assigned to me. <laughs> um, I mean, like, put it on in the background, you know, but... It's not a. I don't have the same personal connection, so it's not at the top of my list. Totally fair. I haven't actually really watched it since I was a kid, so you know, it's not like it's on repeat in our house or anything. Um, <laughs> Katie's not offended no, by this. <laughs> no. Every morning you open your iPad, and you just go. I just press play. Yeah, just press play, wherever you had stopped. Well, uh, thank you guys for for watching the movie, and I'm glad you didn't hate it. That's always like my low like. I guess bar is making sure they don't hate it unless I actually want you to hate it. Um, but there's been a lot of really good media and a lot of really good television and movies and stuff the past few months that we've not been recording. And I thought we could um, maybe talk about some things that we recommend. It's it's not really a mini let me introduce you. It's a extended mini let me introduce you. A catch up. A catch. Yeah, it's a catch up. 
Um, but yeah, I'm assuming, you know, we all watch the, you know, the tent poles like White Lotus. Yes, obviously. No. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> you should watch face it. Face is face. Ashley, it's seven. <laughs> Have you watched the first season? No, I haven't watched either of them. Okay, well, that's your... But I am rewatching Ted Lasso for the 12th time. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, that season two sucked so much. I know, com- season one. Season one's... That's comfort TV. Yeah. That's comfort TV. This is different. There's daytime yeah. TV, which is, you know, you can watch and it's comforting and you don't mm-hmm. super have to pay attention. Yeah. Or, but there's nighttime TV that you can't watch during the day, like yeah. White Lotus. You couldn't yeah. watch an like, episode of White Lotus Put your phone down, Ashley, and watch this TV. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so White Lotus. All right, what other what other ones do you think you've assumed that we should be watching? I'm watching Fleischman is in Trouble, which is on Hulu oh. with oh, okay. Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, and Lizzie Kaplan and um, Adam Brody. Uh, it is so good. Um, What's it about? So basically, what what it's about is. Claire Danes and Jesse Eisenberg are a couple. It's very much like Upper West Side. He's a doctor. She is a um, an agent, and their marriage is over. And, and they have kids, right? They have two kids, two young kids, and she drops him off to look after them unexpectedly and disappears. Um, hmm. It's not like Mysteria. It's not like a a, a bad thing. Uh, but you you. For the first several episodes, you you see things from his perspective, um, and then things kind of shift. And there's seven episodes. Episode six is Claire Danes, all Claire Danes. It is an unbelievable performance from her, like oh. for all the awards. Um, and Lizzie Kaplan is also phenomenal in it. It was I just a her. show that has surprised us. Um, we've we've spaced it out because. There's a lot to talk about. Um, oh. And also we're like, oh, we're getting married. And this is like, <laughs> this is their experience with marriage. Oh, my God. Um, but it's just the, the performances are great. And, uh, you know, I love Claire Danes and I love uh, seeing her on screen. So uh, it's just a meaty role for her. And um, it, it goes in very unexpected ways. So I strongly recommend that show. Um and, Bob bought me the book, and so I'm like, oh, oh I'm gonna read the book, and, and I've I want to watch the adaptation. And the book, the 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 author is very very involved mm-hmm. with the, okay. the the show, and it's most of the episodes are directed by I forget their names, but they did Little Miss Sunshine and Battle for Sexes, Battle of the Sexes. So it's yeah. got a, it's got a great look to it too. That's my TV. That's awesome. Okay, okay, I dig it, I dig it. And film, I mean, I could go on. Um, do I, go I do want to say like okay, Tar is a masterpiece. I uh, we just started that. Uh, we're gonna oh, hopefully finish it uh, tonight. But yeah, I, I think it's a masterpiece. It's phenomenal. Uh, Fablemans very much uh, made me feel everything, and I loved Ugh. it. Katie, I'm let me just finish. I haven't watched okay, it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I saw Women Talking. Women Talking. I thought was very very moving. Um, but there's one that I want to talk about that I recently saw that is a classic, and that's Megan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is so good I, it was, I was so texting, good <laughs> i was texting graham this weekend and because we saw it on friday and i was like graham i didn't want to look at my phone once that's how good it was that's it amazing is, is it streaming is anywhere it no is. it's in theaters i think it's gonna right, be to it's also doing killer business um it is camp uh she is a queen i love her um there was this there's this so she's basically a, a new gay icon. She's been a gay icon ever since the trailer came out and she did all that weird dancing. Mm-hmm, we all know what we're yeah. talking about, right? And yes. um, so I was on a chain with some friends and I sent them this quote. And somebody asked the writer, Akilah Cooper, who's this you know up-and-coming huge writer in, in horror film. She wrote Barbarian and she's writing oh, The Nun Barbarian. 2, which is coming out. And oh, someone that asked, needs help. Oh. Hmm? Sorry, keep going because I'm like, oh, the nun too, which is which is a a Warner Brothers thing, and I'm like, hmm. Mm. Okay, anyway. So go she, ahead. so they asked, they asked Akila, uh, why do you think she's become a, an LGBT plus icon? And she said, quote, this little girl has lost her family. Then this doll is also brought into the situation. That resonates for a lot of people in the gay community. The idea of found family. So the reason I bring this up is, this guy Tim Mulk on Twitter said. Um, it's actually because she dances and also she's a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm like, no, that it's not that deep. She kills people and she dances fun. That's oh, why we that's like wonderful. her. Wonderful. I love that. So yeah, Megan, I really want to see it. I think Katie, it's gonna be like rentable in like maybe two weeks for like the awesome. twenty bucks. Awesome. Um, but but do it. It's worth it. It's it's yeah. fun. It's it's silly and she's. Queen. I can't wait. She's queen. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wonder how you're going to view it, like, as a parent. Oh, yeah. It's going to be different. I guess we'll find out. It does talk about some interesting things about parenting and Mm. and screen time. (laughs) Yeah, I was also, like, the one thing I will note, like, Allison Williams and some things that she didn't assume, because there's also, like, a psychologist that's part of it, since, like, she um, is the guardian for her niece. And I was like, you design toys for children, but you know very little about children's psychology? Interesting. Interesting. Capitalism. I was like, I know. Yeah. Maybe it was just capitalism. Maybe it was like the, you know, like when you're going through grief, you just have memory loss. So I was like, just let it go, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Let it go. I can't wait to yeah, see it. It's fun. Ashley, yeah. what about you? Yeah. Anything. Um, it doesn't even have to be this year. It could be anything. Yeah. No. So as you might have noticed, sometimes I'm a little late to watch things, um, I finally watched Yellow Jackets. Holy shit. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I want to watch it again. I need to figure out how to steal someone's, like, Showtime access for when <laughs> season two comes out in March. Thank you. Um, that was really enjoyable. Uh, in terms of books, I was still reading a lot of romance, because um, I was still in the escapist mode. But... Um, the two best books that I've read since May, I read in December, I read both of them in like a day or two, is Lessons in Chemistry, it's fucking phenomenal, and uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh, I've heard about that. Mm. Oh my god, it's great. It's just great. So, yeah, if you're looking for something to read, do that. <clears throat> Megan was great. I, I'm, I know there's other stuff that I've watched, but I tend to just like binge stuff and then forget. Uh, yeah. Quick book uh, plug. Uh, now that you mentioned it. So there is this book by Sam Wasson and Janine Basinger. It's called Hollywood, the Oral History. Mm. And it is 800 pages. And what they did is they went through all like thousands of interviews of people throughout Hollywood history from, from the American Film Institute and transcribed them. And Ooh. basically it's the history of film um, from the, the, the silent era through now. Um, and cool. it's just amazing to to read stories about what Hollywood was like in the, the teens and the twenties. Um, and it was good to read it because Babylon came out, uh, yeah. the, the Damien Chazelle film, which I saw and it was chaotic, uh, mm-hmm. and not a real reflection of what it was like back then based on like what I'm reading, but still, I mean, if you haven't seen Babylon, I think it's worth watching. Uh, it's insane. Um, but the book itself is is fascinating to hear because it, it's from the, the lips of people that you've heard of, like, you know, the, the Mayers and the Thalbergs and Edith, Edith Head and all these great people. So um, I, I'm reading it in chunks because it's 800 pages. But yeah, what's the name? I, of that sounds cool. It's called Hollywood, the Oral History. And Sam Watson is a great author. Um, he also wrote a phenomenal biography on Bob Fosse. Um, <gasps> So, you love Bob Fosse. I love Bob Fosse, and that, that book is great, too. Graham, did you ever listen to the podcast, You Must Remember This? I do listen to it sometimes, but her she, the way she enunciates words kind of bothers me. Okay, fair. <laughs> if you listen to it, yeah. both of you? I, I, I've listened to no. uh, different chapters of it. Ashley, I think you, you'd like it, too. There's some interesting... Um, stuff on there yeah yeah some of it's kind of boring but they have like the the boris karloff lon cheney one i really liked mm. um but yeah yeah because uh, i was thinking about like old hollywood and old stories and it, uh, they remind me of that a couple of days ago i watched from here to eternity um, how was that great wow best picture winner 1953 burt lancaster mm. montgomery clift uh donna reed deborah kerr loved it, it so that's bad. like that's the iconic scene where they're like Making out, beach. making love on the beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, Frank Sinatra's in it too. Won like five Oscars. Because um, I'm getting more into like old Hollywood. Because uh, of all this, I watched The Man Who Came to Dinner, which is a Betty Davis comedy from 1941. Have you seen that, Katie? 
No, but I've heard about it. Yeah, hilarious. We need to do an old Hollywood yeah. theme because that would like tap back into my love of film noir. Yeah. So I just read this article about uh, what's going to happen with TCM Turner Classic Movies because yeah. it's you know it, did you did you see that too, Graham? I didn't read it, but don't, please tell me it's good news. <laughs> It's question. It's kind of a giant question mark. Yeah. Because it's like I uh, so so it's owned by you know uh, Warner and Discovery, which is my company too, um, and they're kind of like it's not a money maker, but it's sustaining you know people's love of film, and then it's like talking about you know do we put this out there to make money or do we put it out there because people enjoy it it's it's been you know a constant it's not a money loser it's something that like has been around for a long time turner classic movies um i hope it doesn't want anywhere because you know it's good to play have a place for those y'all streaming it's it's been a very weird year for streaming things disappearing um -hmm. like i guess physical media is coming back uh because cool good for me cool i'm like i should you know, I, I got those DVDs that I don't, don't watch anymore, but it is kind of troubling how people's art is just, especially stuff that has been produced for streaming, is just like being pulled off for a tax, a tax yeah. cut. It's and it's not just yeah. happening or whatever at HBO Max. It's happening in other places. It's yeah. yeah. I think it's that's the frustrating thing when anything starts to get run strictly as a business. You know, like we've seen this in education and it the focus becomes making money versus like this it's making art, you know, and art isn't always profitable, but art is necessary. And I think that was so true, especially like early pandemic, you know, everybody was like, oh art, whatever. It's like, well, what the fuck were you doing? You were watching TV, you were watching movies, you were listening to music, and all these other things. It's like, it's yes, it is a business and there needs to be some money making, but not everything has to be money making, you know, like you, I feel like there were times when it's like, okay, you made this big blockbuster so you can make this indie. And there was a bit more of a balance. And it's like with, with Netflix or with anything, like we can't get invested in these TV shows they're put, put out because they're canceled immediately. Like, yeah. why am I going to business spend, model. like if you got to give it time, like when they canceled the babysitters club. <laughs> oh my God. I was so upset. I was like, I recently rewatched that. It won so many Emmys. It was wonderful, and you, it was what, great because an algorithm told you, like, give me a break. Like, and that's how I and felt it was with- like. It's like wholesome children, young adult television that, like, I feel like you just don't see as much. Yeah. Katie, what were you going to say? Or if you do, it's really schmaltzy. Sorry, Katie. Yeah, no, that's how I felt with like 1899, which was, uh, you know, they made one season of it and. They canceled it because it only had like a 46% what finish rate and they have to have 50% something like that. Um, it's by the same people as Dark uh, and Dark. Oh, was, okay. Yeah. Dark, dark uh, it's interesting. 1899 was interesting. Um, I like Dark better, but um, yeah, that 1899 was one of the things I watched. Have you guys seen Triangle of Sadness? Yes. No. I love it so much. Tell us a little bit of what it's about. Give us a little teaser. So it's it right now. It's kind of fitting into this like oddly enough this this triptych of films uh, where it's all about how um, rich people and kind of how like they live their lives and what's important to them and how what that means in reality. Uh, You've got Glass Onion. You've got the menu, and then you've got Triangle of Sadness. And Mm. um, Triangle of Sadness. It's it starts off with. Uh, it follows uh, uh, these two models, and uh, they win a, a trip on a fancy luxury yacht, and then just kind of what happens from there. And it's kind of told in three parts, um, and I love it so much. It's so visceral and funny and ridiculous, and oh god, I just I cannot recommend it enough. Um, Graham, what did you think about it? I thought it was solid. I, I didn't love it as much as everyone else did. Um, I think there, it's, it's. It, I thought it was a little too long in certain parts of it. Really, did not like the Woody Harrelson performance at all. Oh, I did. I okay. thought, I thought there's a there's a scene where he is talking over like a, a speaker that goes on far too long. That <laughs> that's me, true. That's like, true. I'm He's got gone. a little like Marxist diatribe um, manifesto there. I think the high point is the last third, mm-hmm. uh, which showcases Dolly DeLeon, who is uh, phenomenal in that role. Um, it also has a very, very solid ending. Um, yeah. But I, I know I know so many people love it. I, I'm, like, yeah. in the middle. Um, okay. But I definitely want to seek out the other 
things that he's done, the director. I think he said he did Force Majeure and The Square. Um, no, I've not seen either of those either. So I'm curious. I mean, I just it was daring, and I think there's been a lot of daring cinema that unfortunately is not selling a lot of tickets in theaters because I think people are waiting to see these things at home. That's where I saw Triangle yeah. Sadness. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, that people are, are going out to theaters more um, soon because I know things have changed, obviously, pandemic, and it's expensive to go to a theater. And But give things longer to, like, exist in theaters before you put them on, put them for streaming, I guess. Like, if you want the business to do well, like, like they put Fablemans in on renting like two weeks after it came out. I'm like, give it some time, right? Yeah, I mean, as someone who can't really go to the movie theaters as right. much or know, at all right now, I, I still support what you say because I'm like, I still want the movie theaters to yeah. to be there. Like, I'm still waiting for um, ArcLight to figure mm. out what they're doing so it can hopefully reopen. Um, but I. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm all for like, like we had to. I had to wait for the menu for like a month, um, two months, something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I still think having having the movie theater is really, really important. That Nicole Kidman uh, ad is very important now, in a different sort of and way. And also, Megan was so fun to see with people. Yeah. yeah. That is the thing that I'm a little bit worried about because, you know, we're hearing that there's like another variant that's just, you know, what is it? The Kraken one or whatever. And thinking about filmmaking and seeing things in person, because there are some things where the theater experience makes it so much better. And obviously, Mm -hmm. so much of this is designed to be seen in a theater with that sound set up. And I miss communal experiences. You know, I haven't... Even pre-pandemic, I was starting to hermit a bit. You know, I've told you all about that. And I haven't fully started, I haven't, like, I'm obviously not back to, like, pre-pandemic. But the few times that I have, I'm like, fuck, man, I miss experiencing art with other people. And I don't want films, I don't want, like, the theater system to just die out or to be strictly driven by capitalism, right? And so... I don't know. It's just like we can't. Just I don't have, know what's going to happen, and I'm out of it. But I'm nervous. We can't just have Avatar playing on every single screen. You know. Oh, I refuse no. to see that. No, thank you. I, I had yeah, fun. I don't want to see it. No, it's it's whatever. It's whatever it is. It's just it was. Big I did dumb. like the first one, and uh, yeah, I'm out for the second and whatever twelve others they make. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, haven't they already filmed a bunch of the sequels? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, like... they did them in in succession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I do love that happened during the pandemic when you could rent a theater out and watch an old movie. I do oh, love yeah. that. Let's I think you can still that. do that. I just better be able to see fucking Barbie in theaters. <gasps> yes. I can't wait. Oh my I, God. I don't I care that wait. Oppenheimer's grow opening that same day. Who gives a fuck? Barbie's coming <laughs> no. out. No, Barbie's where it's at. Barbie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yay, we're back. It's so fun. Um, and we don't know when this will come out soon ish um yes. and we don't know when we'll record the next one but we do know what the film is going to be so carrying on our theme of movies for vanna I'm lady v lady v i am picking a very obscure film yes that um is it's is a disney film that is not unfortunately not on disney plus but you can rent it it is the no mobile i've never heard of this um, Me either. it so get excited. It stars uh, the, the two kids from Mary Poppins. They Ooh. play siblings again. It's, this is like four years later. Uh, it is a wild fantasy about gnomes, and it's so enjoyable, I hope. I haven't seen it in like 20 years. Um, but it's live I'm, action? It's live action, and the final 20 minutes is bizarre and kooky and fun. Um <laughs> I just, is it like Return to Oz weird? No, I don't. It's okay. just it's very much a 1960s Disney film. Like, okay, okay, all right. With, with with you know for the time, very interesting special effects. Okay, it's giving me like Peter Dragon vibes. You'll see. Okay, you'll see. But it stars three-time Oscar winner Walter Brennan. Um, so okay. well done, <laughs> and Edwin. So. I think we'll have a really good time with it. I'm really excited to watch it. I just watched Mary Poppins a couple weeks ago, so I'm I'm jazzed. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. All right. <gasps> awesome. Well, thank run. you, everybody, for for joining us. Thank you for for sticking with us and waiting while we 
live our lives. You have been asking. Um, People have been asking. Yes. Yeah. We're so I happy mean, to have you back. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Anything else I'm missing, guys? We love um, you. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we love you all. And um, you guys just didn't sass me enough for not editing things. So that's good. Let's just end the episode. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.